Hey, good to see you, how's everybody doing? Awesome, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, really glad to be with you today. Thanks for coming, being part of this. Those of you here in person, those of you who are with us online, I'm really glad that we get to be together this weekend. Um, hopefully you can breathe all right. If Canada would get its act together, we'd really appreciate that with the fires and all this stuff, it's a, it's a tough deal. Um, if you're new with us, we're so glad you're here. Thanks for being part of this checking us out, whether you're, whether you're new to faith, you're new to church, just trying to figure out who Jesus is, what's going on, all that, like we love that you're here, thanks for, thanks for coming and engaging with that. We'd love to meet you. Um, if you could help us with that, really appreciate it. A couple ways to do that. Those of you in the room, the easiest thing to do if you're in the room is when we're done here, if you'll just walk out those double doors and go to our welcome desk. And uh, they'll give you, like we'll trade you your contact information, we'll give you a gift. And um, we're gonna reach out to you during this week and um, those of you online, you can hit the connect button. It'll take you to our digital connect card. And uh, what we'll do with your contact information is we reach out to you. We really wanna know if we can help you, pray for you, questions we could answer for you, if we can serve you anyway. Like that's, that's the intent of all of that. And so um, we'd really appreciate the chance to be able to get to meet you. So thank you for doing that. Um, you're here on a weekend where we're actually, you can see from the screen behind me, we're talking about the grace of giving. Um, so if you're new and you're here on the weekend that the pastor's talking about giving, you're like, oh, woo. no, I'm really glad you're here. Um, this is a great weekend for you if you're kicking the tires of this place to find out like what kind of church we are. This is an important topic for us. And so we have this vision statement as a church. We wanna be a church of generous people who honor Jesus, love each other, and serve our neighbors. And so for us, generosity, like it's, it's who we are and who we wanna be as individual people, and it's, it's who we are and who we want to be together as a church. And so I think as we talk about these things, I think you'll be drawn to it. And for those of you who are part of this church, you know um, the way that we, like from God's perspective, our relationship with money is really important. So, so we're here to talk about these things. I think it's gonna be a great weekend. Um, most pastors, I'll just tell you, it's just insider, most pastors do not like talking about money. They do not like talking about giving. They, they dread weekends like this one. I am not in that group. Um, I love these conversations. And the reason I do, the reason I do, Marie and I were in our early 30s when, when we started taking some next steps in our relationship with God and our relationship with money about how we viewed money about how, how often, how much, like how we gave to the Lord, to our church. And as we begin to take those next steps, as we started that, our marriage got better, our financial situation got better, and we, had, we found contentment in things, we, we felt more connected to God, to each other, to our church. Like in every way, our life got better as we begin to, as we begin to take seriously what God has to say to us about money, about giving, and so I want you to experience what we've been experiencing, and we're 20 plus years into this, and it's a journey. We're not arrived yet, we're on this journey as we've been taking next steps. Like Our life is good, and so we want you to experience that. I want you to experience that, and so for that reason, I love talking about this stuff. I love having this conversation with you when we have these conversations together, and so I'm excited for this. So that's why I like talking about money, I think there are a few reasons that we need to talk about money, and I just, I'm gonna lay out four of them for us here as we step into this conversation today. The first two are things that Jesus said. So Jesus said, 
Money is the number one competitor for God's place in our life. Just money is the thing. And, and he looked at a group of people like us and said, hey, you, you cannot serve God and money. You have to choose in this. And, and, and he set money up as the number one competitor for God's place in our life. And whether, whether you're, you're looking for the things that money buys or for the illusion of security, having a pile of it provides for you. When you hear that word money, whatever pops into your mind about that, you can't serve God and money. You, you, can't, you can't chase the desire we all have for more and chase after God. And so, so we need to have these conversations. They're important conversations for us. Later in the scriptures, we read the apostle Paul. He wrote about how the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It, it's, it's not having money that's the problem, it's the love of it, the chase for it. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He mentioned a couple people by name and said one of them had fallen back in love with the things of this world, money and stuff, and he'd walked away from Jesus and his commitments and his friendships. His love of money is the root of all kinds of evil in our lives. And so again, these are important conversations. The second thing Jesus said, that I wanna highlight for us about this, there's a blessing for people who give. There's a blessing for people who give. Jesus, he said it, he said, there's, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And, and there's a huge blessing in receiving. Like there's, there's not, that's not to diminish receiving in any way. We all receive. Right? There's, and, and so that is blessing, but Jesus said there's m more blessing for people who give, and so we wanna live on the, the more blessed side of that equation there. So it's, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so we should talk about this and, and hold this up in our lives because we wanna live on the blessed side of things. And then the third reason for us to have this conversation this weekend is that God's work moves forward when God's people give. God's work moves forward when God's people give. One of my mentors, a guy named Chuck Swindoll, he used to say, he said, ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. And he wasn't just talking about money, he was talking about sacrifice, but it's true. Ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing from heaven's perspective. And, and so God has given us this ability to give as a way to help his work move forward in our lives and the lives of the people who are around us in the community and in the world. And so when people like you and me give to what God has going on, it actually helps his work move forward. And you gotta know, like this is true about our church, it's true about most churches, like the church doesn't have any money, right? The, the church is, that's where we as the people of God who make up the church, like we have money and we come together and we give and then we give. We, the church then helps, like it funds our church and fuels the work of our church. And people like you and me, who probably don't have enough money, like on our own, to do something substantial and significant, when we come together, like we get to be part of amazing things. We get, we get a part in really cool things that God is doing in and through our church. And so we talk about money and giving because when God's people give, God's work goes forward in our world. And then the last reason, I wanted to talk about it this weekend, each one of us has a next step in our giving. Each one of us has a next step in our giving. If you've been on this journey like Marie and I have for 20, 30, for however long, like you still have a next step. We, we don't arrive 
in this journey of giving. And if, if you haven't, like if you haven't even started yet, um, you have a next, you're like you have a first step, but each one of us has a next step. And you need to remember, those of you who are new, you need to hear this, and those of you who've been around, you need to remember, we're a next steps church. We're not, we're not about like condemnation and get on people's case for where they are. Like we're really good with where you are as you're taking next steps. So we can just own where we are before the Lord and, and we can acknowledge that and then we can begin to move forward. So, so let's just know that we're gonna talk about this because each one of us has a next step in our giving. So I asked our team to do a little work in prep for this time together. And I wanna show you this graphic. This is about Christ Community Church and about how we give as a church, all right? So in our church, we have 1,629 households. 1,629 households at Christ Community Church. So, so keeping a church database is a lot like herding cats, but we have some pretty good cat herders in our team, and so like, we're pretty confident with that number. There's about 1,629 households. They're not all here, they're not all here every weekend, but if you interviewed these people, they would say, yeah, Christ Community Church, that's my church. And some households have one person in them, some households have more. So 1,629 households, that's the dark blue section there. And then that, that chunk cut out of it, we have 599 households who've given to the church this year. So, so about a third of us have given to the church this year. And then the smaller slice there, the light blue slice, is um, 237 households have given to our church on a regular basis this year. So don't, don't put dollar, we didn't put any dollar amounts in, in all of that. This is because you know God doesn't look at amounts. We're gonna see a really fun passage in just a minute, story from Jesus's life. It talks about that. Um, God doesn't look at amounts. He looks at our hearts and he looks at the regularity of all this. And so I was looking at this you know, mega data or whatever this is for our church anyway. It's, big swath of us, and I was, what conclusions could we draw for this, or what questions would you have of this? So the first thing is, um, this is, like, this is, this is average in American Christianity. Um, this is what most churches experience. So if you're wondering, like, hey, how do we stack up against some other churches? I'm not sure, like, that's the healthiest question, but we all have it, and so, so, like, it's, it's average. And then the other thing I was looking at that, I can't draw a whole lot of other conclusions from this, because, because each one of those households, like your, your reason for giving or for not giving, the amount, the frequency, like your why in all of that, like that's very personal, that's yours, and I don't, I don't have access to all that and, and don't know, and so, so really the big conclusion I drew from this whole thing is like, we all have a next step, right? If you, if you look at this, we all have a next step. If you're in the group who is part of this church but you don't give, or you're in the group that give regularly, there's, there's a next step for you in your giving because none of us have arrived. And so to make the heartbeat of our time today, I wanna share with you kind of four kinds of giving. And we're just gonna approach through that. And really my ask of you and my ask of the Lord is that you would, um, you'd be listening to him about your giving and about what your next step is. And so in, in these kinds of giving, hopefully surface some things that will be helpful for and applicable for you. So the first kind of giving is, um, well, let, me, let me hit, before I jump into that, let me remind you one thing, you gotta know this. This is, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse seven. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church, he says, see that you also excel, they excelled in other things, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Grace of giving. Here's, this to me 
this is astounding because I don't know that I don't know that I always feel this way. Giving is a gift. Like that that you and I could give to God's work is grace from him to us. That means it's something that we do not deserve. And and like that's an important perspective. Like that's God's perspective on this subject of giving is that he lets us be involved in something that, that we have not earned the right to be involved in it. We do not deserve the opportunity to get to be involved in it. Giving is grace from God to us that people like you and me could, could experience, like could participate in, in helping his work move forward. That he would give us something that will, that will conquer the, the natural love of money that we all have. Our natural bent to give money for God's place in our lives, that, that he, would, he would let us find our way to the more blessed side of the equation. Like, this is grace. This is, this is a gift that God gives to his people that we, could, that we could be part of moving his work forward, growing in our connection to him, growing in our connection with each other, growing in our connection with the church, growing in our connection with his work in the world. Like, that we could be part of that? What an amazing gift that he's given to us. So, so with that in mind, here's four kinds of giving. The first kind of giving is <laughs> you don't give. Right? So it's not, I wrestled, does this belong in here or is this one of the kinds of giving? But it kind of is, it's an attitude or an action towards giving that you don't give. You just like, and can I tell you, as a Next Steps church, this is where we all start. We all start with the heart posture of I don't give. Um, if you've ever had like a newborn baby, a little baby in your hands, and you put your finger in their hand, what do they do? Like they wrap around, it's so cute, man. Like it is just like, it just melts your heart when they just, when they grab, when they grab your finger. And, and it doesn't matter what you put in, your, in their hands. Like if, if a little hair gets in their hands, like they get a hold of that. Or if it's, you, they get your glasses, or they get a necklace you might have on, like whatever they get, they, they just get their hand. And, and I don't know, like I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's nature, if that's their nature, or if that's just reflex, that stage. You wait about 18 months, and it is all attitude, right? I mean, like you put something in a toddler's hand, and they, hang, they grab that, and they hang on to it, and it is mine. It belongs to me. This is where we all start. This is, and so, so little kids have to be taught how to share, and we teach them how to share, and what we all learned growing up, really, was culturally appropriate ways of being selfish. You get to this stage of our life, whatever stage of life you're in, grown up stage, you know, you know how, like our natural bent, you know how to navigate through this world in a way that nobody looks at you and says, man, that person is a selfish pig, but you're still really good at like holding on to your stuff. And, and so we all start with, and, and our natural bent, our natural drift is to be grabbers and holders and declarers of whatever's in our hands, like mine. And Jesus speaks to that person. He's having this conversation with a group of people one day, and somebody who was really passionate about holding on to their stuff, he, they, they make a comment to Jesus, and he tells them this story. And this is, this is recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, to people who hold tightly to their money, Jesus tells us, he says, 
The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. I mean, what a problem, right? Just so much, I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, whew, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to that guy, you fool, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who's gonna get what you have prepared for yourself? And Jesus comes out of that story and he makes this comment. He says, this is, this is how it's gonna be with people who store up things for themselves but are not rich towards God. And I think that last little idea there about being rich towards God is, is the idea to, to wrestle with. I don't, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't look at the crowd and say, this is how it's gonna be with people who store up things. He looks at them and says, this is gonna, how it's gonna be for people who, who are rich towards themselves and not rich towards God. And so, so the wrestling match for you and for me in our lives, in the world in which we live, knowing in reality there's a day coming when we can't work, right? So we've gotta store some things up for days when we can't work, and also knowing that like this, this grab and hold, I'm just gonna keep it. And someday, like, Jesus says, this, that's a foolish way to live. He, just, he says, a foolish way to live. It's, it's short-sighted, it doesn't take into account who God is or what he's gonna expect of us. He said, so, so we've got this wrestling match to work through of what does it look like in, in your life? What does it look like for you to be rich towards God? So as you process that, the first of these four kinds of giving is not giving. The next kind of giving is sporadic giving. So these, and these are just my categories. They're just hopefully helpful for us as we talk through this today, all right? So, so sporadic giving. Sporadic giving happens if you become aware of a need that resonates with you, and if you have some extra, you're glad to give it. And, and Jesus talked about this kind of giving in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter six, he talks about when you give to the needy. You know, you, you, see, some, you see a need, a person in need, or you see a cause that needs funding, and your heart is moved by that. When you give to the needy, in Proverbs chapter 19, talks about Whoever's kind to the poor actually lends to the Lord and he'll reward them for what they have done. So this is, this is an awesome, this is, this is a beautiful way of giving that, that you would see something, you see a person or you'd see a cause and your heart would be moved towards it and you have some extra and, and you give to that. What a beautiful thing for, for one person to help God's work move forward in another person's life, responding to that, that tug in your heart that's tugging you to give towards that. We, we've seen this at church, we see it on a regular basis. Um, last year we took the, the offering for the, the internally displaced people's camp that's in West Africa, and when we have, like we have Teen Challenge offering, we had Next Chapter Barbecue here last week, it's opportunities for us to see a cause or to see people and to be able to, to give to that when that resonates with your heart. And so this is, this is a beautiful kind of giving, this, this sporadic giving. It just kinda 
as it pops up in your life, you, you give towards that. So that's the first kind of giving. And the second kind of giving is stewardship giving. Right? So most people start with sporadic giving. That's where, that's where their journey begins. And not always. And then this kind of maybe next, if it's sequential, it's not sequential, but if it were, this, it's stewardship giving. And this, this comes, like you usually get taught this in a church or in a financial class connected with your church. Um, the, probably the big phrase in all of this, those of you who've been through those kinds of trainings, um, I've been through several of them, God owns everything and I get to manage it. And the outcome of a person who is a stewardship giver is then that they end up with regular, planned, cheerful, significant financial investment in God's work. There's a lot of words there on that stuff, but, it's, but if, if you're part of this, if you've been in any of those trainings, you, you're, you're recognizing these words. And, and Jesus affirms this kind of giving. He actually told a story that's really hard to understand. And so he very kindly explained the point of the story. And so I'm just gonna share with you, this is from Luke chapter 16, verses nine through 11. This is, this is the point after the confusing story. Jesus says, so I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And then he uses this stewardship language. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever's dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And then this is the question. So, so if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And so connected to the story we read a few minutes ago where he said, you know, just holding it on for yourself, like that's a short-sighted way of living. You're not taking into account eternity. And so, so now he's talking about, hey, God owns everything, you and I, as people who've received from him, like we, it's not ours to grab and hang on to, it's ours to, to steward or to manage it. And so, so stewardship, what stewardship does, in my view, stewardship it gets out in front of your heart. Where, where the sporadic giving is something connects with your heart, your heart's tugged, and, and you give to it. Stewardship is getting in front of your heart. Stewardship giving is is when you, you give before you see a cause or before you see a person that grabs you. You give before, before you know what's left over. You know, at the end of the month, like stewardship is when the giving gets like you're giving God, it's been beginning to give God first place in, in your finances. And, and so if you've, been, if you've been around, done a Bible study on being a good steward of your money and, and think about, you know, this is words we use in the definition about on purpose, planned, significant giving. Like this is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is the kind of giving that like this moves the church and it moves God's work forward. And so, so as we think about stewardship giving, if you do a Bible study on it, one of the words you're going to hear in all that is a tithe. All right. So a tithe means ten percent. Stewardship tithe, ten percent of your income. So. So if you are new to all this, you're like, what, right? And if you've been around for a while, you're like, yep, 10% is like a tithe, 10% of you, it's not a law, but it's just, it's, if you read the Bible, if you read through the Bible about stewardship giving, 
you can't get away from that tithe of 10% of your income. Now, again, it's not a law. So if you're gonna be a stewardship giver, for, for you could, if you were gonna start, you could, you could start with, because when you go, what? How, how does this work, right? How do I give away a, like an on-purpose chunk of my income before I know how much I've got left over? Like this, is, this is a faith decision. So this is a faith decision that says, okay, I'm putting God first in my finances, and I'm gonna give to him and to his work first. I'm gonna honor him in that way. So God gives you faith. So you exercise the faith you have. And, and pick a percent. Pick a number that you look at and you go, I'm not really sure how that's gonna work, but I could do that. Like, I'm willing to do that. And, and this is the one area in the whole Bible, this is the one area where God says you could test him. He says, try me in this, test me in this, put me to the test in this and see if I don't come through for you. And so, so as you do, and I'm smiling as I say this, I'm looking around a room full of people, some of you are shaking your head yes at me, which you experience is like, God comes through. You don't know how it's gonna happen. You don't, like, it doesn't make any sense how it happens, but God comes through, and as he comes through, then you get to experience growth and next steps, and, and that tithe, that 10% thing, since it's not law, it's not the destination. It's just, it's a statement about what it looks like to honor God, and so as you, as you see God at work in your life, and as, he, as you're living on that more blessed to give than to receive side of things, you're not stuck at 10%, like you can, you can shoot past that. We've known some beautiful people who give, who give way more than 10. Some of our favorite people, like their goal in life was to give 50% of their income to God's work, and it's awesome to see, to see that in their heart and in their life, and so inspiring to see somebody who, who wants to be part of what God's going on and, and will make that front end commitment, faithful decision of like, this is, this is how we're gonna do it. So you have sporadic giving and then you have this stewardship giving and then the third kind or the fourth kind of giving people are actually giving is worship giving, worship giving. So this is, this is sacrificial and that's not to say that the other kinds aren't sacrificial. But this is sacrificial, and you're gonna see a couple of examples here in a minute. This is sacrificial. It's joyful, it's proactive, it's radical financial demonstration of faith and love for God. This is, this is when what God's up to in your life or in the lives of the people who are around you or something that you're part of, this is, this is, this is when you're just, you're so overcome by who he is and what you get to be part of that you just like, just give and it's radical and it's, it's just a financial demonstration of love for God. So the first example of this in the scriptures, I think this is my favorite one. It's towards the end of Jesus's life. It's recorded in the Gospel of Luke chapter 12. Mary, one of the people who's been following around with him for a while. So Mary, and he had rescued her. He had rescued her from, from deep, dark, real stuff in her life. Jesus had rescued her. So Mary took about a pint of pure nard, very expensive perfume. It was worth about a year's wages. So about a year's wages for a person who had a job in, in that time, in that economy. 
this very expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet. It just She poured it on Jesus' feet. And then she wiped his feet with her hair. That was, that was the act of giving, and that was the act of worship. She took about a year's worth of wages and poured it on Jesus' feet, and it ran from his feet onto the ground. And she wiped it with her hair. And the whole house was filled with the fragrance of that perfume. I, I, that last little line there, that, that is something. John, the apostle John, who's writing this, he was late teens, early 20s when this happened. He's an old guy when he's remembering, like he's writing down these stories. And here he is, I don't know, 50, 60 years later, even a little longer than that. And he still remembers the way that smelled. Like the fragrance of, of what she did in that moment filled the house. And, and it just, it ran off of Jesus' feet and it ran onto the ground and she wiped his feet with her. What, <laughs> it's, just, it's just an act of worship. She was, she was so, she was just smitten with who Jesus is and what he had done for her and the rescue that, that he had given to her she didn't, she didn't know what else to do. So she just, she gave. She just gave to him. And, and this, is so, this was such a radical thing that if you're new to this story, you're asking the same question. Like, she, she just dumped a whole, a whole year's worth of wages and it, it ran off Jesus' feet and into the dirt. Surely that money could have been put to better use. And, and Jesus is like, no, no. This is, this, is, this is the best use of this, that the whole house is filled with the fragrance of her perfume. And so this, this, this giving is an act of worship. This beautiful sacrifice just brings beauty into the place. And then the second example, it's in Luke 21, it's a little later. So that one about Mary and this next one I'm getting ready to read to you are really the only two times that Jesus points out people who give. And so Jesus looked up. He's sitting with his disciples and they're up on a hill and they're looking down into the temple and watching what's going on there. So Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. They were making a big deal of it, blowing horns and you know, making sure the coins banged off of this so everybody knew how much they were giving. And so he's that going on. And then he saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. And he told his followers, he said, truly I tell you, catch this, this is for real, this is truth. This poor widow with her two small copper coins has put in more than all the others. She's put in more than all the others. They gave, out of, they gave all their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And I love so much that Jesus says that that, that little gift the little one's worth more than the big ones. The little one is worth more than the big ones because it was given out of, out of faith. Just out of faith. Not, not, out of, not out of I have extra, not out of I have abundance, not out of y'all look at me, 
Not out of I want my name on something. Like, wasn't given out of any of that. She just put in all she had to live on. And she's, she's cast herself on the generosity of God. In her generosity, she cast herself on the generosity of God. And I wish we had the story on the backside of this about how he met her needs. The story, the scriptures are full of stories about how God met people's needs who cast themselves. She just cast herself on the generosity of God. And so it's not like, it's not the big gifts that, that get applauded in heaven. It's, it's faith and faithfulness and how that merges together and just, she put in more than they did from God's perspective. And then this third group, this, is, this third one, it's a church, it's a church. And the Apostle Paul, there was another church that was, they were going through it. They are going through it. The outside pressure from the culture, they were losing their jobs for being Christians, their families were booting them out because they were Christians. They, they couldn't take care of themselves because they were Christians, the culture wouldn't let them buy food. Like they were just, they were in a mess. And so, so the other churches, the other churches were taking up this offering to help buy food and pay the rent and take care of the basic needs. This church, people who, who didn't have access to that anymore because of their faith in Jesus. So in 2 Corinthians chapter eight, verses one through four, the apostle Paul, he writes this, that ancient church of Corinth, he says, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. These churches in Macedonia, grace. He's, this gift that he's given to them to be able to be part of something. We want you to know about the grace that God's given them. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Overflowing joy and extreme poverty come, to, come together and, and result in rich generosity. And it just again, just you and me thinking and talking about these things, like, I don't know that we would ever put extreme poverty in the mix with rich generosity, but, but it's grace that God had given to them and they were receiving, they were saying yes to this grace to be able to participate in something that he's doing. It welled up in rich generosity and Paul says, hey, I'm telling you, I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. So, so one group of really impoverished people are giving more than they have to support another group of really impoverished people because they wanna be part of what God is doing entirely on their own. If we didn't ask them to do this. We knew, how, we knew they didn't have money for food tomorrow. So we're not asking them for entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Like they got it. They got that this is an opportunity to be involved, like to dethrone money in our lives. Doesn't matter how much or little you have, like money, money fights God for the place that he, only he belongs in our lives. And so, so this beautiful opportunity to dethrone money in their lives and to live on the blessed side of the equation and to be part of and to move forward work that God was doing. They asked for this chance. And, and these are, these three things for me, these are just beautiful expressions. These are beautiful expressions of, of worship giving, of people being so caught up with who Jesus is 
and, and with how, how generous he is towards us and with how awesome it is to be part of his work that they just, they just gave. They gave, and it didn't make sense, but they gave. And, and God puts it, like he just puts a blessing on and over that, and you and I get to read it all these years later. So I was trying to figure out how to, like, how to wrap all this up. Man, take an offering, right? <laughs> I'm just, lock the doors, you know, like just nothing but a big give button on screen, just take an offering, that's, no. Um, we wanna be a church of generous people. We wanna be a church of generous people. And, and we want to be people who, who see money in its proper perspective. And, and we, want to, we want to live on the blessed side of the equation, right? We all want to live on the blessed side of the equation. And, and we do, we want to see God's work move forward. And so really, again, my, my thought, my hope in all this is you don't need me to tell you your next step. I, I don't know what your next step is. I don't know, I don't know where you are. I don't, I don't know your why for that. And so I don't know your next step. But, but our next step, the kind of people we wanna be, I just, can I just show you, we wanna talk about being well-rounded givers. We just wanna be people who are well-rounded givers. And so, so as you think, like this isn't, this, isn't, this isn't sequential giving, where oh, I used to be sporadic and now I'm a stewardship giver. And this, is, this is how giving works in our lives. This is how giving works in the lives of God's people. Some, like, you see some stuff that's happening and it resonates with you and, and you, have, you have cash in your wallet or you have room on the debit card, debit card or whatever it is and you just, you give. You give because a person or a cause has just grabbed your heart and maybe it grabs your heart for a minute maybe it grabs your heart for the rest of your life. But you, it starts that sporadic giving, like that's part of it. And so if, if you're a sporadic giver, like, yeah, way to go. That's part of being a generous person. And stewardship giving is part of it. It's part of it, where, you, where you, just, you let your, you lead your heart. You know, you don't wait for that tug and you don't figure out what's left over. You, you don't worry, like you let God worry about the more money than there is a month. And you just commit to him whatever faith you got, whatever, take your next step in that. And, and not, like, not when you're there to see all that sporadic giving goes away and ah, it's, it's, that's part of it too. And then this worship giving, and all giving is a form of worship, so, but this worship giving where it's a legitimate way of saying to the Lord, I love you, I am so grateful for what you've done. I don't feel like words are enough. It's, so it, here it is, you know, here's just like, here it is, here's this gift, it's for you, and you use it. It's somebody else's life, and doing something else for somebody else. So, so we get this, like, we have this grace. We have this grace as, as God's people. We have this grace to be, to be part of, of what God is doing and to, to worship him in this way. And so my real hope for you, I want your life to get better. <laughs> you know, I want your life to get better. If you're married, I want your marriage to get better. If you experience contentment, I want you to be connected, more connected to God, more connected to the people who are around you, more connected to our church, more connected to God's word, work in our world. And so we get to do that by being people who are well-rounded in the way that we give. That's my hope, my desire for you and for us as a church, that we'd be generous people 
who experienced the blessing of God and used that to bless other people. So can I pray that for us? Would you guys just bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Lord, thank you for being generous to us. We don't wanna pass over that. You have, you have given us Jesus. You've given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. You have every, everything that we have and that we're tempted to wrap our hands and our arms around and declare as mine. Yes, from you. So thank you for being generous to us. Help us continue to be, help us become a church of generous people. Jesus, we honor you, we love each other, we'll serve our neighbors. So thank you for this grace of giving. And we love you, and Jesus, again, all this comes to us through you, so we pray these things in your name, amen. Thank you guys for being part of this. Um, really glad to see you. If you need somebody to pray with you, and it could be about something that I talked about today or something totally different happening in your life, our prayer team will be down here in the front. They'd love the opportunity to pray for you, and um, I love you guys. God bless you. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.